You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. It's Super Bowl week. It's Chiefs and 49ers next Sunday night in Vegas. This is what it's all about. This is why we're fans. This is why we endured eight straight losing playoff games and NFL record at the time. It's for weeks like this, as the Chiefs look to become the first team since the 0304 Patriots turn back-to-back titles. Don't let anyone make you feel bad for the Chiefs being good. It's your team, your joy. Thanks for tuning in here to 10 Things on KCSN. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by Haley Lewis. And our goal right now is to lay out our top 10 storylines and things to watch to head into Super Bowl 58. It's a good primer to start your week. It lets you know what we're looking towards. There's a lot of things going on. We'll try to narrow it down for you. But first, if you're looking to cater a watch party on Sunday, check out Mission Taco Joint's new Party Packs. Their Taco Bar Party Pack includes two proteins, two sauces, rice, beans, toppings, and tortillas. The best part, it comes in one easy-to-serve box already set up for you. You can't go wrong with the dip trip either. Salsa, guac, and queso. Not a bad trio right there. Orders must be in before Saturday to get 13% off your order using code FOOTBALL8713. That's code FOOTBALL8713. Call Mission Taco Joint, any of the three locations in Kansas City to get you set up for game day. All right, Haley. It's time. Question. Are you a guac or a queso guy? What are you? I will hammer either. Uh, My entire life. I never really liked guac until I got older. I never liked guac till I got older. I, as a kid, could eat, like, I would go to Mexican restaurants because I wouldn't eat a lot of things. I was really picky. I only ate, like, queso. So I would go and just order, like, a thing of queso and eat. I was a fat kid. I was fine. It was fine. Does, does, not, uh, does not surprise me. But, yes, I'm a, I'm a combination girly, too. I could crush both of them. Give me the chips. Honestly, that like that's the entire meal for me. I just need a whole trio, and then I'll just house those chips, and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, especially for... My problem is like I like them so much, but you never leave a Mexican restaurant feeling good. Like you know, like at least I don't. I never leave like I feel like gluttonous. Like I am a. Have you have you seen the where it's it's well you haven't because I know you're not on TikTok. But this girl takes a tortilla, she fries it and she cuts it into four, and she explains to you that one small tortilla is actually four chips. So you're just eating. Like, can you imagine? I mean, I'm eating like 60, 70 chips. So I'm really eating <laughs> like, like hundreds, 20 tortillas. Uh, anyways, I don't need to know. Never thought about it that way. Yeah. I, I don't want to think about it that way. I just want to think about it as the way in which it goes in my mouth and into my gut. I think about it the way that it just tastes delicious. And that's all I really focus on. All right, but what we're going to focus on right now are the, again, the t- top 10 storylines or things to follow from injury reports to just thematics, things that uh, obviously the other shows that we have here on KCSN will really get into the weeds on. You got mm-hmm. the KC Laboratory. Those those nerds will break it. The boys at home, the as Haley calls them, the nerds at home, uh, will break down everything from X's and O's and give you the matchups to watch. They're so good at that stuff. And then Only Weird Games uh, gives you some crazy cool perspectives as well, uh, along with all the other shows that we have here on the network. But for us, good primer to start this week. Uh, hopefully you had a great weekend, not watching football, getting ready for uh, Chiefs and Niners. So let's get into the top 10 storylines to watch Haley. And, and this one was pretty easy for number one. Um, I would suspect, especially with media night uh, coming up, uh, we're recording Sunday night, um, media night coming up Monday night. 
there'll be some more things that are said. It'll be interesting to see what kind of tenor uh, that the 49ers take. Um, maybe we got a preview with Nick Bosa's comments uh, during his presser and media availability last week when asked, and, and his defense a little bit, he was kind of walked right into it uh, when the reporter was asking what he thought, what Nick Bosa thought about the Chiefs uh, and their offense, and then kind of gave the stats as he asked the question about the offensive line and and all the penalties they've had, Jawan Taylor specifically, and Nick Bosa basically said, yeah, they hold a lot. And then Jed York ended up following it up uh, and kind of doubling down on that comment. And it doesn't take much, Haley, to get these guys fired up. And you know that message went straight to the Chiefs offensive line room. I just think it comes off as salty. You know, it's just like, and that's how, listen, the Bosa brothers, go win something. Go win something before you come out here and talk all this talk. I just, they, it always, it always seems like they are so ticked off. And I, and I love the fact of how, you know, I mean, there's no denying how talented the brothers are and how, how good they are. And I mean, Nick here is, has another chance at the Chiefs to maybe be able to back up the talk that he has. But that's the one thing, the one thing. I mean, you just give them Baltimore material. We've seen this before. When you give the Chiefs Baltimore material and the Chiefs stay silent, Usually, I mean, back back me if I'm wrong on this. It usually, or correct me if I'm wrong, it usually always works out in the Chiefs' favor. So, yeah. thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. The first one I remember is the Burrowhead comment because you didn't really hear the guys say a lot after, and then the Travis Kelsey yeah. telling the mayor to shut his mouth. Like all, that was the first time I remember them not really saying anything until it was over, mm-hmm. and then you realized how much they had been thinking about it, how much, yeah, and how much they held back and. And I saw a funny post, uh, Colin Saunders, uh, who's now with the Saints, one of my favorite guys I've ever covered, mm-hmm. quote tweeted and said that Andy, the only thing Andy Reid would get really pissed about was if a player said something in the media that fired up the other team. They gave him bulletin board and Colin had said something like, he's more mad about saying something stupid to the media than he was if you missed an assignment on a play during a game. And so for Nick Bosa to make that comment with the history, and we saw it last week, Ravens, try to bully the Chiefs are with their kicker with Justin Tucker before the game. And then Roquan Smith doing his stuff. And then the yeah, cheap shot yeah. he took on Trey Smith and then Patrick queen kind of doing the same kind of thing. It doesn't generally end well, but nothing matters. till you get out on the field, they're all alphas. They all want to be the biggest baddest and they all act like they are. Uh, Chiefs have proven the ability to, to handle this a certain way and come out on the other side. So, uh, yeah, healthy. I'm all for it though. I'm all for, I hope they talk more trash. Um, because it, it hasn't gone well so far, but mm-hmm. that's why they play the games. And yeah. we can just sit here and talk about it. We don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, have to, we have no uh, no no matter in this game. But yeah, a lot of opinions. We'll give you our opinions. Well, that's funny, but I was like, well, Chiefs fans are all cocky. They're doing this and doing that. And like it has any effect on the game. Like I could say whatever I want. I'm writing checks that I don't even have to go to the bank for. Like <laughs> they're going to go out and duck, taking all the equity. When they win and cheered and talking trash and all those kinds of things, I got nothing to do with it. All right, let's hey, let's go on to the second one and talk about injuries because it's a big one, especially going in this one. Chiefs have a couple guys out. Uh, where, yeah. are we, where are we at on the injury front? The thing, okay, so it's, it's kind of weighed, and I think that actually we tweeted this out. Maybe that's why I have it in my head, but figuring out what is going to be more of a hit, right? The fact that Joe Tooney is not going to be playing or the fact that Charles Mdenehue is not going to, you know, tear, tears his ACL before going into this one. And on on the offensive front, they've they've had such a good O line, and I think after Super Bowl Fifty Five, they said never again. We're never going to let poor Patrick run for his life like that. We're going to overhaul the O line, make sure 
you know, every guy is like an Andy Reid O-line kind of guy, someone who's very versatile, who can, or versatile, who can go inside and outside and, and kind of play wherever they need them. And also just having enough backups to come in when, when things go wrong. So maybe my concern is a little bit more with Omenahue being out because we have Nick Allegretti, right? He's been phenomenal for, for the Chiefs. He has started for the Chiefs many times. He's started in playoffs before. You know, and I think you even made this point when we were talking a couple weeks ago when he had to go in for Tooney and fill in for a little bit. You didn't even know that it happened because he did so well and held his own, right? So I think the O-line is maybe probably, I'm not going to say it's the least of my concerns, but if you're looking at the two, Nick Allegretti is going to be someone who can step up, and we'll go a little more into depth about that. But also just Charles Aminahieu has been phenomenal for this defense, a great addition, great pressure yeah. off. Um, off the edge and also what he's been able to do along with George Karloftis, Chris Jones, um, and even the linebacker core as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, but that's, that's really the, the heavy hitter I think is, is going to be on the defensive side of things. And I mean, you, you tell me what you think. Yeah, I think you just mentioned Nick Allegretti stepping in isn't something that concerns me. The only reason it's a bigger storyline is because of the 49ers defensive line, because that's the story of that group. And, you know, there's some 49ers fans that don't feel like they've played as as well as dominant as the name recognition on the depth chart that when you look at it gives you yeah. a certain amount. Like you know what Nick Bosa can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of the they're really good against the pass, they're good at getting after the pass, and they haven't been great against the run. Javon Hargrave, um, Eric Armstead, as far as injuries, it's another one to watch. He hasn't practiced, he's dealing with ankle and knee issues. I'd expect him to play. There's nothing coming out of the 49ers that I believe from reading between the lines as good as well as we can. That tells you that he's not going to play in this game. Same with George Kittle, um, that he's got a toe injury and he hasn't been practicing. But if there was any risk of George Kittle not playing this game, I feel like there'd be more national people kind of talking about it and sniffing around. Um, but yeah, I think when you look at the two injuries, for me, Amenahu being out, it obviously hurts the Chiefs, but I have full faith in the guys that the Chiefs can bring in. I'm just curious who that last rotational player, everybody kind of yeah. slides up the the chart. Is it Felix Anuduke Uzama? Does he get a chance? He's been a healthy scratch as the Chiefs' first-round pick this year. It's kind of a redshirt year for him. We've seen what the defense has done. They haven't need him to step up and make up a lot of plays. Uh, reason that we haven't talked about him um, a whole lot this season is they, and they haven't needed him. Yeah. Now they might need him, um, whether him, Malik Herring, and again, these guys can move around. They can do different things. So Mike Dana, George Karloftis, you know, they're going to be out there. Chris Jones can slide out to edge at different times. Um, but who's going to pick up those extra, you know, 10, 15 snaps. And this could be maybe a chance that Felix and Duque gets out there. Um, what a story that would be for him to get out there and make some plays um, after, you know, lashing at different points kind of um, throughout the season, not done a whole lot, but um, Nick Allegretti does not, I'm not worried about Nick Allegretti out there. He's not Joe Tooney, but I am not worried about him being a liability. I do think the interior of the Chiefs offensive line with Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith could be the difference in this game in that 49ers defense, not great. They've given up. We'll get into it. We'll we'll save those stats for a little bit later in the show. That's another one of the points that we're going to bring up. Uh, But the other one, good news for the Chiefs. Moving on to number three, Haley, Jet McKinnon, uh, coming out of the last thing, it was the last 48 hours. Yeah. Stating that uh, he was put on the coming back from the injured reserve list and he's back to practicing. Uh, He'd be a huge pickup if he was able to play for the chiefs, obviously. Yeah. I think this is great. You know, he goes out, I think it was after week 15, he had a little bit of an injury. So before even week 16 rolled around, 
They ruled him out for the rest of the regular season, and everyone was pretty devastated because this guy's been been electric, especially in December. You know, you wanted to see you wanted to see Jet in December. He always last year he had six touchdowns throughout that stretch, and everyone wanted to see what he's able to do, kind of build some momentum into playoffs. And then a groin injury kicks him out for the rest of the remainder of of the regular season. It was no on not on really anyone's radar that he was going to potentially come back for the playoffs. So to get that news, and that was you're right, it came out yesterday on Saturday to get the news that the 21-day window has opened up and they've designated him to return from the IR. Now he has 21 days to begin practice. He can be with them on Monday for practice. And if he's elevated to the 53-man roster by game day, then he can potentially play in the Super Bowl. And he's phenomenal. I mean, he's been, I think I have some stats even here from, all right, three career playoff starts along with 18 regular season starts in the playoffs. So he's been with the Chiefs for two seasons in the playoffs. He had 150 rushing yards in 2021, 165 receiving yards at then in 2022, he had 60 rushing yards, 32 receiving yards, one playoff touchdown as well in that. So he's he, he's he's phenomenal. You know, he's he's a great asset to have. And I know that they have Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and P. Ryan who have been kind of adding into what Pacheco is able to do. But to, to make the addition of Jet back in there, he's such a good receiver. I think a lot of people forget how good he is and how versatile he is. And he's, that guy's tiny. He's yeah. tiny and he blocks like he's a 300 pound lineman. So I, I love seeing Jet and I hope he gets back on the field because I think that's a new look for the 49ers and maybe not too new because he was with them for one season, but it'll definitely be a great addition. Yeah. I Getting him back two years ago was the numbers. You saw all of the numbers that he put up. You just mentioned it 315 yards in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and seemingly made big play after big play. And then last year, it might not be that he's lighting up the box score, but he's making key plays at key times. We will talk about that with MBS, Justin Watson, Noah Gray, some of these other guys. And as much as we're talking about Jet, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been an energy giver. He's been a reason the Chiefs have won. He's provided the spark. Again, it's not going to light up the box score, but we saw it in that first, I think it was the first playoff game against Miami, that he was fighting for extra yards, picked up a couple first downs on plays where it looked like he was going to be stopped short. That's a great thing about watching it on TV is you can yeah. see that. So you can't really see it when it's live. Depending upon your angle, but uh, Clyde's been great. But yeah. Jed McKinnon has proven in playoff games uh, to be an asset that Mahomes can trust, whether he's going out into a pass, like you said, and receiving or staying in the block, that he's got Mahomes blindside. He's going to stick his nose in there and get the block. Um, and so, yeah, getting Jed McKinnon or at least putting the information out there that now the 49ers have to game plan. Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator, they have to have a plan for when Jet McKinnon is out there because skill-wise and just body type-wise, he's different than Clyde. He can run away from you a little bit uh, compared to what Clyde can do. So uh, not a bad thing. Doesn't mean he's going to play, uh, but it's pretty pretty cool to um, get that news on a Saturday beforehand that there's a little bit of good news uh, with the guy who can come back. And now we move on to number four. Now we move on to the the fourth. Yeah, this one's going to be a novel. So you you, yeah, you it, go around this one. Buckle up, everybody. We're going to take a little break after this one, I, I am sure. But uh, we've already gone through, you know, the trash talk that started last week. We talked about the injuries. We talked about Jet McKinnon coming back. And now we're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' legacy uh, and what this game means for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, first, I got a novel to read. Uh, as the starter, Patrick Mahomes has led the Chiefs to six consecutive AFC Championship games, four Super Bowl appearances, and an earned NFL MVP awards in 2018 and 2022. Super Bowl MVP honors in 2019 and 2022. He has defeated all 31 teams in the NFL. He's the youngest quarterback in NFL history to reach that milestone. Since 2018, 
Mahomes lead the league in yards, touchdowns, 25-plus yard completions, and first down throws. And with only 62 interceptions since 2018, he owns a plus 157 touchdown intercession, interception ratio, the highest mark of any active quarterback in that span. He owns 45 career games of 300 or more passing yards. The guy has a winning record in games in which he trailed by at least 10 points. He's 16 and 14 in games he trailed at any point by 10 points or more. He is tied with Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterbacks Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, and Peyton Manning for the third most quarterback wins as the starting quarterback in NFL playoff history with 14 already. A win in Super Bowl 58 would leave Mahomes alone in third place with 15 postseason quarterback wins. This guy is 28 years old. Playing in his fourth Super Bowl in just his sixth season as a starting quarterback, Mahomes has a chance to continue making history. His 73 Super Bowl completions are the seventh most in NFL history. 11 more completions would move him past four Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterbacks up to third all-time. Mahomes' 738 passing yards are the eighth most in Super Bowl history. With 263 passing yards, he can move past three Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterbacks up to fifth. Mahomes' five passing touchdowns are tied for the seventh most in Super Bowls, and with two more touching touchdown passes, he can move past four Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the fifth most in Super Bowl history. So looking back through this, 263 yards, at least 11 completions, and two touchdowns, and Patrick Mahomes is going to be in the top five uh, in most statistics in Super Bowl passing numbers and i'm not done yet Haley, we got three more oh, here <laughs> mahomes has 12 postseason games with a pass rating of 100 or more in his six seasons of postseason play tied with pro football of him quarterback joe montana he's gonna be all over the place this week he's gonna get a lot of media requests that joe montana is for obvious reasons uh for the second most such games in nfl history mahomes trails only tom brady for the most postseason games with 100 or better pass rating tom brady had 19 so it's gonna take mahomes a couple more years uh, maybe he'll break all the records by the time he's 30. Yeah, he's got Mahomes. <laughs> it's not if he's going to break him, is he's going to break him before he turns 30 years old. Right. <laughs> and Mahomes' 39 career playoff passing, passing touchdowns are the sixth most in NFL history. With two more, he would move past Peyton Manning into the top five for most postseason passing touchdowns in NFL history. Simply put, it's the best start to a career for any player in NFL history. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer before he turns 29 years old. Haley, at this point, to me, Patrick Mahomes is padding stats and adding rings. The biggest storyline for this one, in terms of Mahomes' legacy only, is an individual thing about Patrick Mahomes. Can he get to Tom Brady? Can he get to seven? I think he's got to win this one to start having that conversation at this point because uh, then he's almost halfway there. He'll be tied with Troy Aikman, uh, which I know is a big thing on the Twitters. Um, on the tweets. <laughs> on the tweets, Mr. Josh Briscoe. Uh, but if you if you win this one and you have three at 28 years old, I think you can start to have that conversation with the success that the Chiefs have had in building up around him. Um, but his legacy is is intact, not going to change regardless of what happens in this game. But you can start to have that conversation about seven, I think, if they win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's in the conversation now, and he gets cemented with those people and looped in that group if he wins the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people have. They're no longer arguing is Mahomes the best quarterback in the league because we had to deal with that at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. I was talking about Lamar Jackson, talking about Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Always somebody. Tua. Things. Tua that was there for a little bit. 
There you go. There you go. So now everyone agrees that Mahomes is the best currently playing. And so now we tear down Mahomes by deciding if he is the best ever to play, right? We got to find the reasons, but he's well on track. You mentioned it. The dude's 28 years old. He makes all of us feel like we haven't accomplished anything in our life if we don't have, you know, four Super Bowl wins by the age of 30. But what I found interesting about this is he's in the company. I think that's, you can't deny that. And yes, if he gets the Super Bowl win over the Niners, then he is absolutely well on his way to the the trajectory of his career is going to be, you know, eventually getting those seven rings if he continues this and plays as long as Brady did. But he's not quite there yet. I thought it was so funny that his dad went on broadcast like a couple days ago and basically said like, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely doing great. He's amazing, like, blah, 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 but he's not like the greats yet. Like, his dad, like, the broadcaster was teeing him up to basically be like, shouldn't your son be in that conversation? And his father, his own father was like, no, he's not there yet. Like, he's mm-hmm. not there yet. Like, so no matter what you do in your entire life, you can always expect your parents to humble you and bring you back down to earth because, you know, he, he's, he calls it like it is. Yet, you know, he's on his way. But is he Tom Brady yet or Montana? No, but he yeah. can be there if he continues doing what he's done. I think the biggest point that you made was the fact that he's done so much at such a young age. He's probably going to be forever the quickest NFL quarterback to do these yeah. accomplishments and, and to have the wins like he does under his belt. And if he's going to pick up another one, playoff MVS is going to be a reason why. We're going to talk about playoff MVS right after this quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. PJ Kissel, Haley Lewis, hanging out and getting you ready for Super Bowl week with this primer episode of the storylines that we're looking forward to following. Make sure you check out all the other shows that we've got here on KCSN throughout the week. A lot of cool stuff planned for you. Lab guys, the boys at home, the nerds at home, as I call them, they will be going live Monday night. And you'll get only weird games. You'll get all kinds of shows uh, coming up this week. We appreciate all of your support. Haley, let's talk a little playoff MVS because MVS. you knew it was. I, I I have the receipts to go back. We talked about this all year. And every time we talked about all the drops and everything, and you can attest to this, it was you're still only one big good game away from redemption where it just gets all forgotten and it doesn't matter. And for the guy that didn't light up the stat sheet in the playoffs, 
but everybody's happy with him because he's doing what he needs to for the Chiefs to yeah. win the games that matter. And it's been a beautiful thing to watch. I'm not going to lie. It's it's wild that the guy that we and everyone else was berating the entire season is now a guy who almost for two seasons in a row is a sole, a sole reason the Kansas City Chiefs are now well on their way to another Super Bowl title. Like, that is baffling. And you know what? Here's the thing. I hate to say the regular season doesn't matter because it does, but here we are at the playoffs, and if you can just continue doing what you're doing in the playoffs, I think all of Chiefs Kingdom is going to hop on board and forgive him what happened during the regular season. I mean, his postseasons are phenomenal. He's got, he had, what, 122 yards and two touchdowns in 2022. He had 108 yards in the 2023 playoffs. Or, well, 2023, it was in 2023, but, you know, it was for the 2022 right. regular season. This, this year, he's got 108 yards, and last year, he had the big game against the Bengals. Uh, which single-handedly was the standout performance offensively, right. the biggest pass of his career across the middle for that touchdown. That I don't, I still don't know how Mahomes fit that ball it's, through there, but is wild. Um, but like what he did in the regular season. So in twenty twenty two, the regular season he had six hundred eighty seven yards. This season, he only had three hundred and fifteen yards. But like you were saying, already in the postseason, having over a third of that. Like <laughs> I don't. Oh, go ahead. I don't think it's enough to keep him next year. I'm not going to go that far uh, with his contract situation and everything that's going on. Uh, but when it comes to MVS's legacy with the Chiefs, everybody's going to laugh. Like it's going to be one of those like 15 years of like, what about MVS? Be like, that guy couldn't catch a cold during the regular season, but all of a sudden when the games matter, he's the guy that you want to throw the football to because he's been making plays. And then the biggest yeah. play, the ice. The win over the Ravens on the road. Mahomes just places it perfectly. And, and Haley, as soon as I saw that throw, I started laughing because you and I were talking about it on 10 things mm-hmm. after the Eagles game when they threw that perfect pass right to him and he dropped it. And Mahomes was asked after the game, you know, what do you do there? And Mahomes, yeah. being the consummate, professional, mature 28-year-old, says, I have to throw a better pass because he was kind of extended out and just not quite perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the next time he throws a similar type pass in a high leverage situation to win a football game, he literally places it in his neck. Yep. He literally makes yep. a more accurate pass than he did in the Eagles game as just to be like, I did my part and he caught the ball. So it's on me, which is exactly what you want in leaders. It's the reason that all this is so much fun uh, is because of plays like that. And storylines like MVS are what makes being a fan so awesome in that it's not robotic. You can't write this stuff mm-hmm. and that truth is so much more. Uh, entertaining than fiction when it comes to the national football. Yeah, and I think no one, no one cares about the forty-four drops, right? Like it's all news. They're they're like just throw. I mean, yes, it's going to be something they consider when they when they resign people. But as for right now, roll on. Yeah, not too shabby. All right, let's move on to number six, and this is one I know that the KC Lab guys uh, will be talking about in in depth because they're very, very good at breaking this stuff down. And we'll just give you some of the high level. This is something that's going to be talked about throughout the week when everybody starts doing their projection predictions and projections of here, the matchups to watch and all that kind of stuff. The 49ers defense. I think you look up again, you look at This is one of the top five defenses in the NFL. So yeah. everything's relative uh, at this point is the way we talk about them. Uh, you look at PFF and uh, pro football focus. You look at their grades as part of this conversation. Uh, some of you are in the back of your head thinking about DVOA. And last week we've moved on. DVOA is in Cancun, as Kent said. <laughs> so greatest team in the history of DVOA, no longer playing in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but again, 
best overall team, according to Pro Football Focus and their grades, is the 49ers. They have the third best overall defense. Yeah. Led by, they've got studs at every level. Let's be honest. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, absolute studs, just like the two studs that we played last week with Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. Uh, their defensive line is the strength of this team, and then they've got some studs on the outside yeah. as well. And Charvarius Ward, familiar face to Chiefs fans, has been fantastic for the 49ers. He is one of those guys that got paid a lot of money and has earned every penny, which doesn't always happen with guys when they get paid. But anybody who knows anything about Charvarius and the way he's wired shouldn't be surprised that that dude stepped up uh, when he got paid. Happy for him. Mm-hmm. Don't hope he plays well. But you look at the 49ers defense, it's their run defense. It's Isaiah Pacheco, the offensive line changes that we just talked about with Nick Allegretti. Can the Chiefs consistently run the football well enough uh, to to pick up, you know, six, seven yards on second and 10 and make it a third and three? Those types of things. Some of those throwaway plays where all of a sudden it's not third and eight, it's third and five. Uh, those are the things that are going to matter. And this 49ers defense has been susceptible in the run game. They rank 15th, in, again, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, against the run in two playoff games. They've given up 52 points. 386 yards per game and 152 of those yards have been again on the ground. Again, that's against the Packers and the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. David Montgomery, Aaron Jones combined to go over 200 yards, averaging better than six yards per carry against this 49ers defense. And I laugh Haley because the, the image that I have in my mind, the last time the chiefs and Niners played was in regular season. It was one of those, the Chiefs offense wasn't doing great. They went out there and just were on fire. Like that was one of the best performances we've seen from the Chiefs offense uh, last year uh, going into that game. And what I remember after the game was a shot of Nick Bosa coming off the field, looking exhausted and pissed off and frustrated. And they did a great job on the broadcast of showing how they were confusing him. They were moving left to right. They left him unblocked at times. He had no idea what to do. So when I heard him on the presser say, well, they hold a lot. Like, don't worry, you're not going to get blocked anyway. And you're going to have no idea what to do <laughs> because Andy Reid is a genius when it comes to putting these players in conflict for what the rules are and what he knows they can do well. There's not a better coach in the National Football League to game plan around those types of things than Andy Reid. And Nick Bosa needs to worry less about whether or not he's going to be held and more about how are you going to handle all the different things being thrown your way. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think a lot of times we say this during the regular season, Reed is conserving. He's conserving. Is it this big, you know, conspiracy that's been working up all season long where he's not revealing his entire hand? And although I might not know the exact or we might not know the exact proof or answer to that, you can guarantee. And we did see it against the Bills and we saw it against the Ravens that Coach Reed will find a way to outcoach the other side. And I think that that's going to come into play especially when they have a defense as, as good as they are. You're going to have to find those disguises. You're going to have to find a way, a different way. You know, uh, it seems like every single game this playoff season or post-game or post-season run, they've had to find a new way to win. And I guarantee you it's going to be something that surprises all of us because if it's going to get past Nick Bosa's head, you know, they're going to be able, it's probably not going to be something that we're going to think out. So I'll be curious to see what Reed and company comes out with, but but you nailed it, BJ. I mean, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Coach Reed and staff. Yeah, if I've heard people say this going into this game so far, is that they make predictions on who's going to win a game based on three things. Who has the best coach? Who has the best quarterback? And who has the best defense? The Chiefs have the best coach. They've got the best quarterback. And you can't convince me, and it, this is hard, because mm-hmm. I'm 
a realist, 49ers defense, you would ask me at the beginning of the season, they were going to be lights out. This was the 49ers season. Yeah. They have struggled more than we expect them to uh, relative to what the expectations were, where the Chiefs have gone the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Knew they were going to be good, didn't know they were going to be top five defense of all time in the postseason with some of these numbers that are out there that we'll get to. But it's, I think the Chiefs have the favor in all three of those areas. I think Amenu yeah. being out hurts a little bit because I was very high on Amenu coming into the season. I think he gives you a lot with that length. You can move him around, do different things with him, stunt him, twist him around. Can't do that uh, with Felix or those other guys. They're just not the same player. So I think the Chiefs win in all three of those areas, which is why I'm confident going into this game. And uh, one thing, speaking of confident going into this game, or at least this week, this is going to be a conversation that takes place multiple times a day on every station. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. And you're going to get tired of it. We won't spend a lot of time on this, but it's the is Brock Purdy elite because there's numbers, there's numbers on a page, and then there's the eye test. And I, it's you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to get the line of where that came from, but the older people will understand. You know it when you see it. Brock Purdy in the regular season, fifth most passing yards mm-hmm. in 2023. He had the highest yards per attempt average at 9.6. There's I think reasons for that. Um, not moving away from the success that he's had, but you have the best running game in the NFL and that offensive line, you're going to have a yard high yards per attempt because he is phenomenal on play action. Um, he is phenomenal on the deep ball. He's the best deep ball passer in the NFL. He's the most accurate deep ball passer in the NFL. His numbers throwing the ball deep down the field. His PFF rating is like 99.8 on passes beyond 20 yards down the field. It is bonkers. He's 16 touchdowns, just I think three interceptions on passes. 20 yards or more down the field. Um, yeah, 62% completion percentage on passes 20 yards or more down the field. But by far the best in the NFL. The reason that I think people don't believe that he's elite is when they watch him, it doesn't look like Mahomes. It doesn't necessarily look like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. It's just different. And people associate big-time arm, big-time run, crazy scrambling and throwing the ball deep with what Mahomes does. You just don't see a ton of that with Purdy, although still makes plays. Uh, Another reason I think that this is going to be an interesting conversation, I'm curious how people talk about this, Haley, is that so many of us had heard about Purdy's going to be the MVP. Everybody outside of San Francisco, Purdy's going to be the MVP. Purdy is leading MVP candidacy towards the end of that season. And then we got to see a nationally televised game on Christmas against the Baltimore Ravens and Brock Purdy had the worst game of his career. And I think all of us watched that game being like, this could be a Super Bowl preview, got two great teams. Mm-hmm. And Brock Purdy and the 49ers looked very, obviously very beatable. He completed just 61%, or excuse me, he was 18 of 32 for 255 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions in that game, which was probably the biggest regular season game of his career thus far yeah. against a big-time team. Super Bowl preview is how it's being pegged. And then stumbled. And then in his two playoff games so far this year, two touchdown, one interception, only completing 61% of his passes. And his yards per attempt average is at 7.4. Is 2.2 yards per lower than the regular season. He has taken a dip in the playoffs and at the end of the season against the biggest opponent they had. I think that's why it's an interesting conversation. Which Brock Purdy are you getting? We haven't seen him light it up in a playoff game, but we've seen him light it up against good teams. I think this is the game that determines if he is elite or if he isn't. You know, I think that this is his opportunity to prove that he can 
hang with the caliber of quarterbacks that he's been in company with. It, it's it's an opportunity. I think it's hard to say that he's, I mean, maybe elite would be the wrong word, but he's not exceptional. I mean, he's exceptional to some degree because he's an NFL quarterback who has now led his team to a Super Bowl. So that mm-hmm. is some type of exceptional talent. And what he was able to do, how he was drafted, when he came in, how he took over, uh, I think it's, very simplistic to look at him and just be like, ah, just a system quarterback, because I don't think you just make it like that. Uh, So there is something exceptional about him. That's why he's in the position that he is. You even saw that in college from him. I mean, you saw sparks of that in college, but of course it was much, much different. I don't want to like dive into the comparison there, but I think that this is his opportunity to prove if he is elite or not, because I think that's still to be determined. I don't think anyone could really answer that correctly without seeing what happens against a team like the Chiefs. Blasphemy. You could just put it out there now, Haley. You can just come out and be like, he's the lead. He's not. Just stick to it. I, uh, I, just, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's uh, yet. Listen, I'm the most non-confrontational, like, take take person that there is. Um, but even if you are labeled, and I think Alex Smith came out and said, I think it's funny. Alex said, it's like, as the president of the game manager club, <laughs> like, what was the <laughs> club? <laughs> but, you still have to make play. You can be a game manager, but to win a Super Bowl, even won a couple of playoff games, uh, to get to this point, he's still going to have to make three or four. The game's going to come down to seven to ten plays. Yep. And three or four of them are going to be passing plays that are on Brock Purdy, whether it's a third and – I always say like third and seven to third and ten. Mm-hmm. You want all your third downs to be third, two, third, three. At some point, you're going to have to make a play on third and seven to third and ten multiple times in order to win a Super Bowl. We've seen Patrick Mahomes continuously make that play. Most of the time in the playoffs, honestly, it's him scrambling and running. Every time it's third and seven, I'm like, he's going to scramble for like 15 yards, and it's going to break the defensive coordinator's soul because he's going to have everything set up correctly. He's going to have the perfect play call. He's not going to – Mahomes isn't going to throw it right when he wants him to. He's going to hold on to it. He's going to see it, and he's going to scramble off and make a play. Um, Brock Purdy's done that. He had 48 yards rushing last week against – the Detroit Lions. So Brock Purdy is a great athlete. I think if Brock Purdy is going to make some plays in this game, in those key situations, I'm more worried about him running than him making a pass because I believe in Legereus Need. I believe in Trent McDuffie. I believe the safeties are disciplined enough to know where to be. I think the same numbers we're looking at about how well they can throw the ball deep down the field yeah, probably has more to do with Christian McCaffrey and there being space down there and not a lot of people because those safeties are coming down to help in the running game. Um which is the analysis that everybody's going to give all week long. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but what I do need to spend, what I do need to spend a little time on is talking about our friends at DraftKings. You're looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58. DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. 49ers currently two point favorites in this game. It's been as high as three points. Sat at two and a half for a while, Haley. The over-under set at 47.5 with the muddy line of minus 125 on the Niners and plus 105 on the Chiefs. My favorite uh, prop that I saw so far, will an offensive lineman score a touchdown right now is at plus 4,000. So I might use whatever little bit of money I got left uh, and put it on there. I don't know. Don't listen to me. I have no idea. But I do know that you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 
8 hope ny or text hope ny 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you, Haley. And thank you, everybody, for powering yeah. through that with me and helping us ace some of those. I don't know how he does. He's memorized that thing. Tucker Franklin has memorized the DraftKings ball font. He said the entire thing in the car by himself and was all of a sudden like, oh, I know this. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Considering how they spell everything out, now you have to look at it. It's tricky. Uh, anyway, let's move on. We've got a few more. Let's move on to number eight, Haley. And okay. it's the 49ers versus the Blitz. I looked up a few of these stats, and I know there's a there's a nugget in here about one of the big guys, Chris Jones. I think he's interesting that fits with this uh, that you can share. But Brock Purdy against the Blitz is very good. Uh, just throwing that out there. And the reason it's a storyline going in this game is we know Steve Spagnuolo loves the blitz mm -hmm. just because Brock Purdy is good against the blitz against everybody doesn't necessarily mean he's good against the Chiefs blitz and Steve Spagnuolo they've talked about on the broadcast Chiefs have more free rushers at a quarterback than any other team in the NFL which is a fancy way of saying they disguise it better they time it better and they get themselves in positions to make game-changing defensive plays better than anyone else uh that we talked about those seven to ten plays a few of those are going to be on blitz type plays how's Brock Purdy going to handle it during the regular season 67%, 9.9 yards per attempt, crazy good. 16 touchdowns, three interceptions, and again, highest graded deep ball passer in the league. They take shots on play action. They deliver the ball down the field. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. They have it, all, it all fits. You got Christian McCaffrey. You've got Trent Williams. You've got two first ballot Hall of Famers, most likely, uh, right there in that conversation. It makes all the sense in the world. They've got guys who can make plays down the field. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, though, I, I want to see this matchup, though, because, well, I mean, we're all going to see it. I don't know why I'm saying, like, it's not going to happen. But I, the thing that I like about, and you kind of you kind of alluded to it a little bit saying, but do they go well against the Chiefs blitz? What we saw out of Spagnolo last weekend against the Ravens, I think, only proves to you that the regular blitz ain't coming. <laughs> He's going to have so much up his sleeve. They even printed T-shirts that said in Spags we trust. I think Justin and then broke a website. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a whole thing. But the fact that I, I, I get what you're saying about Purdy being good against the Blitz. And yes, they have phenomenal talent on that team. Their offensive talent is going to be very hard to combat. But if any defense could do it and any defensive mind could potentially outcoach the studs that they have on their offense, I think it's Steve Spagnuolo. So I'm I'm curious to see that. And I'll read the little nugget here about, about Chris Jones because He's going to be a key factor in this, and especially without a Minahue, that is upsetting, but I think that they have enough in their tank to be able to do this. Uh, Chris Jones has 11 passes defended in his postseason career. That's a franchise record and the most of any defensive lineman in NFL history. That's crazy. He only trails yeah. the Ball Hall of Famer Ray Lewis, which, I mean, that makes sense. He has 15 for passes defended by non-defensive backs. That's yeah. wild. They're going to blitz. You've got a short quarterback. They're going to try to get the ball across the middle, whether it's George Kittle, whether it's Debo Samuel across the middle. Uh, some of those short throws, again, short quarterback, passes batted down. Chris is very good at it. Chris knows the blitz is coming. He knows the ball is getting out quick. 
It's either going to get out to the outside, it comes across the middle, you can't get there, get your hands up. So happen, probably going to happen a few times during this game. We'll see if it happens in a big moment. If it happens on a key third down where the Chiefs send it, Chris gets his hands up, bats it down, and they're all celebrating. And we're sitting here being like, you and I, we'll talk. We'll tease that later. We may be somewhere together in the game. So we'll let people know what that may be a little bit later. Potentially got some really cool stuff in the works. We'll have more on that later. Um, But yeah, Chris Jones getting his hands up. Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo versus the Blitz. Mm -hmm. I can't even sit here, Haley, and talk about Steve Spagnuolo and not still be a little bit annoyed that he wasn't in the final five for assistant coach of the year. Yeah, I know. This guy had the number two defense in yards and points allowed, and he had the youngest defense in the NFL at the same time and missed and dealt with, I don't know how much context to give, like the kind of drama that was Chris Jones to start this season. Mm-hmm. His best defensive player is sitting in the stands in week one watching the team lose. Yeah, so, it's a lot. He, he, he goes through a lot, and I, I even remember speaking with him one-on-one last year, last season, and I was kind of like, you have a lot of young guys on your team. Do you ever know, like, can you ever really expect them to be as exceptional as they've been? And he goes, he's like, that's the gamble of it. You know, you just go into it and you teach them, you coach them up the best way you can, and you hope they they receive what, you know, like, you know six times out of ten, they turn out phenomenal. But there's that 40% chance where you're just gambling with giving them all the goods and and hoping that they can mix that with their athletic ability and their football IQ and and come together. And Brett Veach has found the right crew to do it because they are, they're rolling. We'll talk about Brett Veach in a second. Uh, but we're going to stay talking about the Chiefs defense, and that is because one of the storylines I'm looking forward to following, yeah. and it's not just giving Steve Spagnuolo his flowers. We just talked about like the finalists for Coach of the Year, Assistant Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Offensively, Defensive Rookie of the Year. The Chiefs didn't have a single person in the top five finalists for any of those positions. And and Mahomes is the easy one because you're like, how's Mahomes? But he didn't have a great regular season statistically compared to somebody like that one. Patrick Mahomes is the best player. He should always be on the MVP list. Mm-hmm. But I kind of get it just sure. here a little bit. But none of, like, to not have a single person and then for everyone to be like, we're so sick of the Chiefs. They're always the best. Like, yeah, but not a single one of their people were voted in the top five mm-hmm. of any of those things. So either people are sick of them. Um, or they're really getting it done uh, without any one person being better. But I digress to this because Steve Spagnuolo has been getting his flowers this week. I do think that the narrative is changing with him. And you look at some of these numbers that you've put together, Haley, of what the Chiefs defense has done this season and in the playoffs, it's hard not to look at Spags and start having that conversation of, is he one of the most clutch defensive coordinators in NFL postseason history? Because the numbers back it up. Yeah, I mean, looking looking at what they're compared to, I think is what really uh, shocks shocks me, and and just also maybe puts it in perspective is a better word than saying shock. But Chiefs have allowed only thirteen point seven points in the playoffs so far. So this is also comparing to a three game minimum for the rest of the teams. I'm going to list off teams who had better points allowed or less points allowed in the playoffs so far. Seahawks in 2013, they allowed thirteen point three. Tampa Bay in 2022, allowing twelve point three. And then the Baltimore Ravens in 2000. <laughs> we all remember the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody knows that defense. Allowing 5.8. If you think of, number one, the Chiefs defense being in the same conversation as the Baltimore Ravens 2000 defense, 
or the Legion of Boom. That's the other one. Like those are two historically dynamic, dominant defenses. That makes me very happy. And yet we didn't talk about it because we we're always talking about Mahomes and the receivers and guys dropping passes and the conversation never fully went back to this group. And it's probably why they got t-shirts, probably why they're showing Spags so much love is that he didn't get enough of it that he deserved during the season for what he's did. Now it's kind of happening in the playoffs. Um, and yet Mahomes, Andy Reid, they said it all year. And credit, a lot of credit even went to Mahomes of he changed his game because the defense, it wasn't even giving credit to the defense. Yeah, it was yeah. still like, Mahomes has learned not to do this and it's okay to punt the ball and yada, yada, yada. Like, spend some time talking about the Chiefs defense and Brett Veach, who we'll talk about here in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, it's hard not to look at some of these guys that have been standing out for the Chiefs and not um, give a ton of credit to how quickly they've bought into this defense and found success with it. And I think it, it perfectly segues into the Brett Veach conversation because the the reason that the defense really is as good as they are has a lot to do with one of the most controversial trades that ever happened, which was the Tyreek Hill trade. And when Tyreek Hill went out, you get people like Trent McDuffie, like Connor, uh, or Shamar, or excuse me, Shamar Connor, and they played huge roles in that game against the Dolphins. And then also because of the savings that they had. And the free agency signings they were able to get, again, with those ca- cash considerations and trades, was Justin Reed, <laughs> what he's been able to do, Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards, Charles Aminahue. Of course, he won't be in this game, but just to think about how they've been able to kind of bolster up that roster all because of the money and the trade that came from Tyreek Hill. That yeah, hit- it all, yeah, it all goes back to it. I did a YouTube short earlier this week um, and talking about Brett Veach and that yeah. he deserves a, a ton of credit. He took heat. Uh, during the season. And and I was critical of maybe they overplayed their hand of this wide receiver group and believing in a bunch of young guys who haven't proved it yet mm-hmm. uh, at a time where it's just not quite enough for Mahomes to get this group over the edge. And look how wrong, <laughs> look what happened. Uh, they start making plays. And uh, again, you go back and you, you mentioned it. It's not just that they've got so many rookie George Karloftis on a rookie deal, Trent McDuffie on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. You have guys like Mike Dana, they're stepping up, making plays as a late round pick. Like they've done so well um, in the draft and getting marquee contributors to a not just to play at the NFL level, but to help lead the Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco is a late round pick. Rasheed Rice, uh, we talked about, has 223 receiving yards this year. It's already the fourth most by a rookie in NFL postseason history. I mean, That's they put great. a lot on this kid as a rookie to step up and make plays, whether it was by design and they believed in him or whether it was just kind of somebody had to step up and kept making plays and the kid just kept making plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's being, you know, he, Rasheed Rice can move up the list on rankings for most receiving yards for a rookie in postseason history. He needs 19 yards in the Super Bowl to pass Austin Colley. He needs 20 yards to pass Torrey Holt. And then if he wants to set the record, he needs 146 yards to pass Jamar Chase uh, on the rookie postseason receiving list. That would be nuts. It's plausible. plausible. That would be crazy uh, because Jamar Chase, absolute stud. Um, Don't like him with a mic. Don't like him talking about the Chiefs, but he's he's a stud. Uh, But again, I did the YouTube short earlier this week, and Up and Adams put it out. Matt Hamilton uh, hosts the breakdown with us. Make sure you check that out on our YouTube channel. He and Chase Daniel breaking down Patrick Mahomes each week. But Matt Hamilton put it out there that Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback and the Chiefs are the first team to have their quarterback 
carry the highest cap hit in the NFL and that team makes the Super Bowl. Uh, and that's, that is a Brett, I tweeted at him, I go, that's a Brett Beach stat mm-hmm. because he is able to still build a team around a quarterback getting that kind of money to get $37.1 million of cap space uh, and still having the, the ability to build a good enough team around him. And it's not just the, the, the numbers, it's the context of Chris Jones being franchise tag and then holding out that whole year. They couldn't use that money that was in the cap space. See, that cap space was held hostage by Chris. There was $24 million, whatever it was in cap space that they couldn't use because Chris hadn't signed a deal, hadn't done the extension, was just kind of sitting and waiting. So there's probably some other things they could have done, whether it was an Odell or a DeAndre Hopkins, who knows what would have happened, but they were limited on cap space because of Chris Jones. They navigated that. They still got it done. They brought in a guy like Charles Amenhu, who has a career year for himself in right. the system. Sucks for him that he's not going to be able to play in the Super Bowl. But when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he deserves a ring just as much as everybody else. But they have been able to nail the draft. And Joseph Hefner, who does analytics for us here at KCSN, has tabulated all of the rookie snap counts. Um, over the last two years and the rookie draft classes and how much, how many snaps are they getting? How much production are they getting? And the chiefs have been last year. They were in the top five this year, right around the top 10 and most snaps played by the last two rookie draft class. Mm. And that's not for a team that's young. That's trying to develop these young guys. It's for a team that's competing to win the back-to-back Super Bowls for the first time in 20 years. It's nuts. That's crazy. It's it's crazy because like you're saying everything and I'm retaining the information that you're saying, but at the same time I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like I that happens to me a lot, Haley. Don't worry about it. I'm getting what you're saying, but it's also kind of wild to be able to put my mind around what you're saying because at the end of the day, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, which ten years ago, it's just like this would not even it would be just such a a fever dream that this was a conversation. But anyways, you give. You give a Chiefs fan who lived through 1995, 1997, and some of those years where they had the number one offense, number one defense, and lost the first round in the playoffs. You give them the greatest quarterback when it's all said and done in NFL history, and on top of that, a top three, top two defense, it's never going to be better than it is right now. So soak it up. Enjoy this week, Chiefs fan. The way they're talking about this team and this particular group of guys, uh, trying to get something special done um that don't take it for granted it it's awesome and we've got plenty more nuggets that we didn't even get to uh on this show we appreciate everybody for hanging out Haley. final thoughts before we let everybody go you want to let them know what we're doing this week what we're doing for several teeth oh we can't we're going to be hosting a watch party mm-hmm. so uh you can find us uh digitally yes. on the kc sports network youtube and twitter slash x accounts and you can also find us on the br app um just like we did the week before still finalizing some details but um i'll let you tell them the location since you're the one who hooked it up because it's uh pretty awesome i'm not gonna say everybody can come join us because i think it's gonna be a little crowded a little crowded down there Um, Um, we are going to be at the power lights power light watch party downtown kansas city we're going to be in Cool little VIP booth looking over the stage on the balcony and broadcasting the entire game and a little host game show. And uh, we're going to have to see if uh, we're going to have to give BJ a couple drinks throughout the show to keep the nerves here. And uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be party. So if you're going to PL and you're already joining for the watch party, make sure if you see us up in the, on the balcony, say hi, shout outs. Um, 
you know, stop by the booth. I'm, I'm yeah, throw us something. You yell at us. You yell, we love KCSN. Maybe we'll throw something there at you. you. There you Enough go. Top. <laughs> pretty, be pretty accurate. I mean, Haley, you had seen me during, I guess you've seen me during a couple of games. Oh, I'm either quiet and pacing or I'm screaming the whole time and you don't see it. That, that's only every once in a while. I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to feel. His body like contorts the entire time. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> now I get why you don't want to watch games with other people. I don't sense. like watching games around other people. It makes uh, it doesn't matter if it's a Chiefs yeah. game or my son's basketball game. It doesn't matter what it is. My daughter's like, just give me away from people. Yeah, Let me pace. A lot of people this weekend. So we're going to have to get you. <laughs> I'm going to be stuck in a corner just trying not to panic. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be down in drinks left and right, which could be there a great thing or a horrible idea. But either way, not be pretty entertaining. And I promise you there's not going to be a better viewing location for a watch party than where awesome. we're going to be outside of the Mosaic Club vip lounge area bj frequents mosaic often he's very familiar <laughs> my it's my spot so looking forward to it looking forward to being around thousands of other cheese fans in a really really cool environment a cool spot um with a lot of just cool memories It'd be a really cool spot i haven't been in a I haven't been at a Super Bowl watch party in, a, in an environment like this, so I'm really looking forward to it. Let us know in the comment section where you're going to be watching the game from and let us know if you want to tune into our stream. should be pretty good. And if you want to know what it looks like at P&O and the Chiefs score a touchdown, tune into the stream. You can put us on a laptop. You can put us on a second TV. Put us on your phone. Set us down. Hang out with us as you're watching the game. should be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. We'll have plenty more content. I can promise you that is getting you ready for the Chiefs and Niners in Super Bowl 58. We haven't said Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Hear it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. <laughs>